Yeah, my Travel Wins podcast today, I'm lucky to have Todd Eldridge, the three-time Olympian, six-time U.S. champ, uh, actual world champion, and inductee in the Hall of Fame of the U.S. figure skating. How are you today, Todd? Doing great, Pete. So thankful to get some time from you. Uh, I know you're a busy coach now down in, in Orange County, so how, how's everything going for you? Uh, fantastic, actually. Yeah, the the new Great Park Ice Rink in um, Irvine is fantastic. I mean, the, the Ducks did a great job with you know, putting together a fantastic facility and great programming. And, you know, it's a, it's a lot of fun to be able to coach down there and be, be a part of that, uh, the growth of, of skating and, and hockey down here in this area. And it's, it's crazy to think that, that it, and I always joke with him, I have a, a really good friend I've known for 30 years. He's, he's born and raised in Toronto, Canada, and he, he lives in Denver now. And I said, Hey, welcome down to the uh, home of hockey. I go, you know, if you ever, come over to the Southern California and, you know, Las Vegas. He, he hates it because he's a big Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's, when you say the home of hockey, he's probably like, wait, what? Toronto's the home of hockey. <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, we got more, we got more Stanley Cups in, in Southern California than Toronto, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so that tends to get him every time, so I'm sure he'll listen to this episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, as a world champion, you know, the three-time Olympics, I mean, you, you moved around quite a bit growing up and all that. If, if you have a little background of, of your skating upbringing, because you traveled even as a youth. Oh, yeah. I, I traveled quite a bit. I mean, for, for skating, especially back, you know, when I was younger, uh, there weren't a lot of, you know, top coaches, especially where I grew up. I mean, I grew up on Cape Cod, so I mean, yeah. for – for, to be in a small area, small town, it's, it's just not a huge thing there. I mean, hockey's big and Boston and everything. And I did a lot of skating up in Boston as well. But uh, at that time, you know, some of the, the better coaches were in different areas. And when I was 10 years old, my parents were like, this, this is going pretty well. And, <laughs> you know, if we got, if we got to go get you somewhere that you can get better coaching and that kind of thing, then we're going to figure that out. So I, I, found a coach that I had for pretty much most of my career and he was coaching down in Philadelphia. And so I went down there and lived with a family down there and followed him around the country pretty much uh, for the better part of 30 plus years. So uh, I lived in Philly, trained there for about four or five years and then went out to Colorado Springs, which is kind of the, the Olympics, the home of the Olympics, yeah. right? Yep. And uh, trained out there for a few years at the Broadmoor and and then from there, moved to San Diego, which was awesome. And uh, unfortunately, skating's not as popular and, and ice time isn't as popular down in San Diego. So as things kind of ramped up and I started getting out and traveling around and winning national championships and getting to the world and all that kind of fun stuff, needed a little bit better training atmosphere. And that's what kind of took me to Detroit. And that's where I spent most of my training days in, in Detroit for about 17 years. Traveling around for you is just what you did, right? It's just part of the deal. Yeah. I mean, not, not not just for where I was living at the time, but for you know for competing and you know you're doing competitions all over the world, you know, and 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 all over the U.S. and you know doing not just competing but doing shows. I mean, I toured for eleven, ten plus years with uh, Champions on Ice, and that was mostly during the summer times. But uh, and then once I turned professional and and up the competitive route then i joined stars on ice and toured with them for 11 years so it was uh, a lot of time spent on the road whether it be on a 
airplane or on a train or on a bus or in a car or whatever it was, you know, I pretty much did a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And now you're, you're coaching. So you're repeating the process all over again with, with young people. From, from the other side of the board. But yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah it, 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 it's actually been a little bit better. I, uh, my wife and I, we moved out here to California a couple of years ago. And, and uh, you know, since moving out here and, and kind of raising our kids and the whole bit, I haven't quite traveled as much, yeah. uh, which, is, which has been kind of nice. You know, after traveling for all those years, it's been kind of nice. But, uh, you know, I'm sure at some point once we start kind of developing some really good talent in this area and some great skaters, that uh, those journeys and those travels back overseas will start happening again. And I'll be back on the road and traveling around the, the world again. Well, yeah, I, I know, other, um, like in, in Torrance was, uh, I think it was Christy Yamaguchi. Uh, and, uh, he, was, he was actually up in... Um, San Francisco mostly. Um, Ooh, tra- she um, trained down here. So there was Sasha Cohen was over in Torrance. That's it. Uh, there, I, oh gosh, so many people. Uh, Michelle Kwan. Huge, Michelle Kwan, huge history of uh, you know skaters here in this Los Angeles area. Yeah, uh, Adam Riffin from like Los Alamitos, I think, or somewhere on there. Yeah, he was up in Long Beach area. Yeah. They trained Lakewood. Mariah Bell and Nathan Chen both trained often on here at the same rank that I coach at. So, I mean, there's, there's a, a huge laundry list of great skaters and great coaches that, that are either in this area at our rink or in other rinks in the area that, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely a very popular sport and it's done great and, and you know, represented this area really well. Maybe you don't know, but why do you think that is? I mean, it's, it seems kind of odd that, you know, and I joke about the home of hockey because obviously a lot of the, the professional hockey players are from Canada. They just happen to end up on an LA Kings team or the Ducks. Right. But, but I mean, you, you, you have some legitimate world-class, world champion, Olympic champion athletes coming from a non-ice area. Well, you know, I think, I think part of it is the success breeds success kind of thing. So if you've okay. got some skaters who are doing well, and they train in this area and there's great coaches that want to be here because the facilities are great. And, you know, the weather's not too bad either. Uh, you know, and, and, uh, yeah. and the scenery is pretty good. You know, I can't, can't beat the sunsets and the ocean and all that. But, uh, you know, I, I think, like I said, that success breeds success. You, you get, you know, a little taste of it and you see it. And a lot of skaters, you know, look at it and go, well, Hey, these guys are doing great out there. I'll go there too. They, they great coaches. We're going to go out there too. And, See if it works for us. Now it doesn't work for everybody, but you know it's one of those kind of things that it's it's really worked really well for a lot of people in this area. And um, you know that's one of the reasons why we moved here because of the facility and you know the Ducks' commitment to you know trying to help grow figure skating, not just their own hockey programs, but figure skating as well in this area. So I thought it was for a hot air balloon. Yeah, <laughs> I see that thing flying around every once in a while. I drive down there. I'm like, what? What's going on? I know, I know, right? It's my I haven't been up in it yet, but uh, I've got I know some people who have, and it's pretty cool. I think you can see all kinds. Of, you can see really far, apparently. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a unique. I mean, it's just a unique area down there. I mean, you know, we were talking a little bit ago about just the whole area, uh, how different it is from many many years ago. You lived down in this area, and yep. lived down in San Diego years ago. I mean, it's just so different. It's grown so much, and you know, the the, the population, the community down here. Um, very Asian community. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, different ethnicities, obviously, but a very big Asian community. And 
but now figure skating is really big in Asia, you know, Japan and Korea and China. And it's, it's just really exploded over there. So I think the popularity of what oh, okay. their skaters have done has, I think kind of really springboarded the whole idea of skating and wanting to skate in this area. So, I mean, the duck's going to hit a home run with where they put their facility as far as the growth and, and, uh, you know, the potential future growth of, of what, uh, what it can do here. See, I never would have put that together, but you're absolutely right. I mean, I, yeah, I, I no. still have friends that live in, in Irvine and you know, it is a, it's a heavy Asian population. So I never would have, yeah. huh. well, that's kind of cool actually. Yeah. I mean, I, I used to, geez, right when I graduated high school and all that, I went to Saddleback Junior College, and the Blue Angels used to fly their their show every year out of El Toro. Yeah, and we would go up on the on the roofs of, of the office I worked at in Lake Forest, right off El Toro Road, or yep. uh, Lake Forest Road. They would be so low they actually would blow out the skylights of homes. Oh, jeez! And so they they, <laughs> they had to make them uh, come in at a steeper angle because they were blowing out the the skylights. Oh God! They were low. Cool. I was like, Ooh, that was cool. Yeah, I. I I remember training down in, in San Diego and, you know, driving by Miramar and watching yeah. those guys out and around. Yeah. Same kind of concept. I mean, that's not something you see everywhere you go, but, uh, it's pretty amazing. I'm sure watching the blue angels do their thing would be pretty cool. I'm seeing them in the air show down there, but, uh, to kind of see it on a training basis day by day, it'd be pretty wild. Yeah. They, they actually, they train out of El Centro and, huh. um, which is, uh, more towards the desert. And, uh, cause I, I, I have an account down there for my work and I, I, I drive down to eight and every once in a while I'll see them. And then, uh, the last time I was, I went down there, I saw some F-35s flying by, which are the, oh, new, wow. the new stealth fighters. And I was like, Whoa, I had to stop and watch them. Wow, fly around. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've watched Independence Day since you've moved to Irvine, but it's kind of weird seeing Will Smith say, yeah, I got to get over to El Toro. And then you're like, yeah, oh, that's, yeah. that's not El Toro. <laughs> that's where, uh, right here. <laughs> <laughs> and that's now the, it's a skating rink and soccer field and baseball field. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Wait, when you were traveling back, back at, you know, in the mid nineties, you, you won the world championship in, I think 96. Yep. Could you imagine now, 25 years later, you know, what, what do you think that as far as technology and the, the traveling's, to, in my opinion, is totally different. Or, oh my god! Yeah. It's it's you, you, you know it's, it's so hard to compare. I mean, trying to tell people, yeah, I brought my Walkman or my Discman on the plane. And they're like <laughs> all oh, the what? CDs and all the tape, whatever batteries. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, extra battery, exactly, extra batteries. All the you know all the different things that we had to do back in the day. You know, luggage just have wheels on it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> just all of that stuff. It's just such a different concept. It's, I've, I've got a funny story from my very first international trip when I kind of finally finally made it. I had won the, the Junior Nationals, and it was my time to go to Junior Worlds. And um, the Junior Worlds that you were being held in Sarajevo, which was uh, the summer at, or sorry, the summer, the fall, uh, like a year after um, the Winter Olympics were there in 84. Okay. And so um, I was young and being my first time kind of going there and, and getting outside of the United States, my, my trip started, I was living in uh, Colorado Springs at the time. Okay. So my trip took me to New York first. And then from New York, we went to, uh, Zagreb. Uh, no, sorry. Uh, where did we go first? 
I think we went to Amsterdam. And then from Amsterdam to Zagreb. And weather was horrible. And at that time, we traveled together as like a whole team. So like all the skaters, parents, coaches, team leaders, all the, everybody. Yeah. So it was a huge you know, swarm of skating people all going the same place. And so when we got to New York, we had to change terminals. And of course, changing terminals back then was meaning you pretty much walked from terminal to terminal. Yeah. There was no shuttle services. There was, it just wasn't any of that stuff. So we carrying all our bags because we were new to this whole travel international thing. So we had extra stuff that we totally didn't need. <laughs> <He's slipping> it, <laughs> yeah. So, so we're like, okay, we got all our bags and we're trying to walk from terminal to terminal and, uh, got on the next, the next plane to Amsterdam from Amsterdam, then to Zagreb. And just the whole concept was amazing. When we got to Zagreb, uh, we were supposed to take a plane into Sarajevo. And again, as a whole team. Like, I don't even know how many people, to be honest with you. There was probably Lancho. at least 30 of us. Yeah. And so when we got there, it was terrible weather. Snow up in the mountains in Sarajevo, so visibility was bad, it was foggy, so we couldn't fly. So our team leader miraculously got us on a train from... Zagreb to Sarajevo, which is about a seven-hour train ride. And so we're in the train station in Zagreb, which, of course, you know, back then, we're talking 1985, a lot of things were very different over there at that time. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so, yeah, the wall was still up. All that was still going on. So it was a very, very different world. And, uh, you know, we're all 12, 13-year-old kids traveling through this with a swarm of 30 people. And uh, so we got on this train, seven hours, one bathroom on the train, and the toilet was broken. And so that was that was a, a challenge in itself. But we all had separate little, um, I guess, little cars, or whatever you want to call them, you know, in, in our, our little room in the car. I got gotcha. you. So we we're all in our little our little cubbies, if you want to call it that. Uh, and the door would close, and it was just us in, in our little thing. And so while we're on the train, we're traveling this whole way. We make several, several stops. And uh, so the as we stop each time, we pick up more and more people. Well, we picked up a lot of different soldiers who were traveling between oh, whatever wow. they were going to. Well, there were three of them that decided that our car and our little cubby area was where they wanted to sit. So they came in, they opened the door, they sat right down with us. Then what, well, you know, they didn't have a ticket for that area, but they just sat right down. Like I'm home. I'm here. <laughs> we, don't, we of course don't speak that language and they didn't speak very good English. So it's just kind of like, okay, or what's going to happen here? I don't know. We're 13 year old kids just sitting here with some soldiers from wherever. Former Yugoslavia. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Uh, Yep. Okay. Let's hope we get there, guys. Uh, so it was, it was a seven-hour trip. No bathroom. Soldiers in our little cars, and it was somehow we made it there. Uh, we got on the bus from the uh, from the, the train station to the hotel. The bus you couldn't see probably twenty feet in front of the bus because the fog was so heavy. And so we were we were frightened. It was up. We went up this mountain road to get to where we needed to go 
and you couldn't see anything. And I don't know how this guy drove this road, to be honest with you. I was in the back just freaking out because I would see like the edge of the cliff. And I'm like, uh, does this guy know where the road is? So anyway, we got, we finally got there after probably a good 22 hours of travel. <laughs> and that was kind of my introduction to international, international travel. <laughs> <laughs> so, so after that, anything was a piece of cake. <laughs> you know, as, as a parent now, I think I feel more sorry for your coaches and the parents that were on that train than the kids. <laughs> oh my God. I, yeah. I, I can't even imagine their, their thoughts. You know, I mean, our 13 year old kid or a 12 year old is in the back yeah. of these, whatever soldiers and whatever's going on in this train. And we're making this whole track. And I, I feel for the team leaders who had to rebook and change all of those people onto a train from a plane and the whole, Oh my gosh. Well, that's what I'm yeah. saying. You know, with technology, it, it's you know, like my daughters are twenty, you know, in their mid twenties, and I, I try to explain to them. I go, look, you get text messages saying, "Oh, your plane's forty five minutes late." Right, right. I show up at the airport, get dropped off, and they go, "Oh, you got two hour wait, you know, two hour delay." And I'm like, "Oh, God, I wish I would have known." Yeah, you right, know? <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, if you, if, I wish I would or you're stuck and you can't contact anybody because the Three payphones are busy, and you don't have enough quarters or whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, now you you know you can get stuck in Zagreb, and then you can just go on your phone and check other flights and check out their you know you rebook check, yourself. And yeah, you can yeah. check everything. Right, and then yeah. on your on your twenty hour flight, you can watch live TV and you can watch different movies and shows and music. Yeah, oh yeah, it, I mean it just it really it's really amazing like, to think, and, and it's not that long. I mean, you're talking you I know, know. twenty. To, to have that concept back in the day. And I mean, of course, people that are 20, 30 years older that traveled back then were like, oh, they don't even know. You know? <laughs> it's <laughs> but, all relative. <laughs> right. So, it's, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been interesting. I mean, and having traveled that and then having traveled beyond that, obviously, normal travel, uh, mm -hmm. you know, over the years, it just, it became so much easier. And then it's also it's at times become harder, you know, with, with all the restrictions after nine 11 with the flight, yeah. and, you know, all the, the lines being a lot longer. I mean, it still was much easier because you had, you were connected, you know, through the internet with everything. So you, you knew what, what to expect. However, it still was a lot longer process and it's been, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot better now, but it's, you know, it's still there, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, Travel is definitely a, a thing. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I look at travel. I mean, traveling is completely different. I mean, I, 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 for the most part, I drive for my, my, my work, my day job. And my territory is California, and then I, I have Hawaii. But, I, you know, for me to sit in my car and go, hey, what time am I going to make it to San Luis Obispo? And I can put in my GPS that factors in traffic and lights. and <laughs> Right. And I'm like, it's usually within five, ten minutes. That's oh a, yeah. It's a three and a half hour drive or four and a half or five, you know, depending. Yeah. Traffic says exactly. Yeah. But I mean, it's, I mean, I, I still remember 15, 20 years ago driving and I tell my account, I go, uh, you know, I'm planning on getting there at two. And all of a sudden you'd hit a, a, an accident. Well, you'd have to get off the freeway, find a pay phone, call your account, say, Hey, uh, I just sat through an extra hour and a half of traffic. And now I just took another 20 minutes to, find a pay phone to let you know I'm running late. 
Right. Yeah. yeah the, the, the day-to-day conveniences of, of how connected we are and yeah. how readily we can get whatever information we need. It has changed things dramatically. Uh, you know, it's been, it's, it's great. I mean, you know, especially for people, I, I mean, for people that travel a lot, I mean, just that, you know, connectivity is, you just can't beat it. I mean, it's, to, to get any delays or anything going on. I mean, you can immediately contact whoever you're supposed to meet or whoever you're supposed to be doing and say, Hey, look, I'm stuck here or, uh, you know, I'm on the next flight and okay, no problem. Change our plans and make things work. Yeah. It's just, yeah. As, as a ice skating coach, I, I wonder how much do you use the technology? Cause I mean, you can do Skype lessons. You can, I mean, you can do things you couldn't do 15 years ago. Yeah. I, I mean, I've done that a little bit and actually it's funny that you bring that up with, everything that's going on right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're all the rinks are closed, so nobody's really skating right now. Uh, but we're, you know, doing some off ice stuff and, um, with some of the kids that, you know, keep it in small groups kind of stuff. We'll come over here to the park and kind of keep our distance and do our off ice training a little bit. But, you know, there's some kids that can't make it or don't want to come out and don't want to make it. So you, you know, you just pop on FaceTime or Skype or whatever. And, that's so cool. There you go. We're connected and we can still kind of keep that idea of skating and training off the ice at least going while we're, while we're at this, uh, in this part of our quandary crazy right now. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what's happening, right? Yeah. Don't, don't ask me. I, I, I watch the news every day and go, what? Yeah. It, well, and it, it changes every 10 minutes. It seems like anyway, well, you know, groups of 10, now it's groups of five, now it's groups of, you know, who knows what's going to be. We're on a lock here and yeah. I hung out with my daughter yesterday and uh, she she works at a a ranch up in Malibu and my wife and I went up there and we hung out with her and then we come back. By the time we got back, they're like, Oh, it's stay at home now. Like what? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. And, and it's, it's interesting too, because it's not, it's not really the same. I mean, it is now, but it isn't really the same everywhere at all. Like there's, places are like that and even some places in the same state that are like that and then other places it's like yeah just you know make sure you're only doing this or you're going out for this or you, you know it it seems very you know it's definitely not uniform like the yeah. you know the governments and and you know and the state governments didn't say this is it done here it is it seems like it's kind of all over the place so it's, it's been and it's been interesting actually down here in orange county because they put out a um uh, a notice, gosh, what was it? Wednesday or Thursday? I think it was yesterday. Uh, that said, you know, shelter in place and all that stuff. And then they rescinded that and changed it and said, well, no, that wasn't what we meant. We only meant this. And, you know, it's not quite as strict. And so you can still go out if you need to do essential things. And, yeah. you know, so it's, so it, yeah. I, and I get it. I mean, it's right now, it's, it's just so up in the air with, you know, how strict they need to be with, with, you know, what, what's spreading and how, how fast it's spreading and, and to try and contain it before it, it becomes a even worse scenario. I, like, like you said, I, I have friends literally around the country and even other sales reps that do what I do for the same company. And I'm, so I'm talking to my VP of sales and he's like, what are they doing in California? I'm like, I go, dude, I know. <laughs> I'm not supposed to leave my house and all my stores are closed. So no more shipping. Don't ship anything. They're like, what? Yeah. And I'm like, 
and I, and I have uh, friends that do, do what I do, and they're in other states opening up new accounts and traveling and seeing stores, and I'm like, ugh, making, wow. making money. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, there you go, right? And I'm sitting, I'm stuck at home going, oh, I only get paid when they ship product, and if they can't ship, I don't get paid, so. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm with you on that one. Yeah, Unless yeah. I go to the let the rink open. I can go to the rink. I don't. I don't get anything. Exactly. So yeah. So definitely a, a scary world. But. Yeah, and then I met my daughters are in the same boat now. So, what do you think? Is like if if you were to come back and and be you know seventeen, eighteen to, in today's world of skating, how do you think it would be different? Oof. Well, you know, I look at the kids that I work with and the kids yeah. that I train. Uh, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I look at, at the tools that, that we have available, you know, and again, we talk about technology, but the tools that we have available to train them, you know, with, you know, different apps on the phones or the iPads that we can do slow motion, uh, you know, video work. Uh, and then we have other, you know, off ice and, and on ice like harnesses that we can help the system with jumping and, getting feelings for certain things, uh, you know, like I said, the tools that we have now to be able to train and help these kids, you know, excel in, in what they're doing at a, at a faster rate, um, you know, is just something that didn't exist back in the day. And, and it's funny because you talk to these kids and I'll say, Hey, this, you know, they just look at it as the thing we call pull harness, basically it's yeah, like fishing pole. I know it, yeah. You lift the kids. Um, and so I do that with a lot of the kids and, uh, I say, guys, you know, this is great. And they're like, ah, it's okay, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, like they take it for granted. I'm like, we didn't have this. Like, no, we, we used fell. to just go <laughs> fall hard. <laughs> we'll fall hard again. <laughs> and they're like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> like, so you want to go and fall or do you want me to do, you know, lift you up there and help you out? And they're like, oh, yeah, please do. Please lift me. I don't want to fall that hard. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's funny because it is very different, but, uh, you know, and, and it, it's been, it's definitely been a, a an interesting thing to kind of, I'll even say, look at it from their perspective of, they just, you know, assume that this is the way it's always been. Right. You know, you know, oh, wait, you, you didn't have this and you had to, you had a Walkman? What's that? And what's, the, you know, what, what are these things? Like, you know, so it's been, it's been a, not only just coaching what they're doing now, but like, a, you know, kind of history lessons throughout uh you know the lessons that i that i teach and you know we used to do back in the day we had compulsory figures so we did the figure eight yeah doesn't exist anymore and and uh you know the kids are like wait you had to do that for three hours a day like, yeah. that's boring I'm like yeah it was boring <laughs> but yeah, you know, yeah, we sucked. did <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you couldn't play music and you're gonna you know, really I'm like, yeah that's just the way it was you know, so it's, it's been, it's been kind of funny, you know, as, as an older, and it's funny because I'm not that old, but I know. As, that's, that's as an older coach, uh, from the standpoint of when I was skating in the, the era that I skated in, um, you know, they, they just have a totally different appreciation for, I guess the, you know, the sport and where, where it came from and where it's gotten to now. Um, so it's, it's been, it's been fun to be able to, to kind of teach them about different things like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just a different, it's very, very different. I'm going to ask you a question only for, only for my wife's sake. Cause I, I don't know anything about this. 
what is the, do you see the, comp, what is that, a composite boot? Yeah. Make it, make there's, a big difference? There, yeah, there's, there's different, well, it's interesting because there's some of the, the technology that they've put into boots and blades, which to me is, is a, a lot behind the curve, um, you know, for it, when I think of other sports and, and you think I, I'm a golfer, so you think of golf and, and every year they come out with a new whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's supposed to go this much farther and it's supposed to do this, supposed to that and all the materials they're using, different things. But skating boots have remained pretty constant throughout all of it. I mean, they're using different materials now um, with some of the blades that they have. Uh, they've got different but the, some of them do and then other ones have like a carbon fiber that they use to lighten the blade some of the boots are made even carbon fiber some are made of plastics and different things and um you know it's just all to make it lighter so you can jump higher um the the biggest thing that i've seen that i don't know if we'll see it you know a couple of generations down the road but the boots are super stiff and one thing that as a skater myself personally um i always like to have the skate kind of mold and work with me a little bit See, that's what my wife or says yeah. getting my edge um you know going on an outside or an inside edge and kind of using my knees to get deeper edges and nowadays the boots are so stiff that a lot of these kids can't do that so it, it's as as coaching them it's, it's actually a challenge because i'm like well i want you to do this but i get the limitation of the boot doesn't really allow you to do it as much sometimes so it's you know there are some skaters that doesn't matter what they're wearing on their feet they're just gonna get it <laughs> okay. and they're it's gonna be okay um but it, it definitely for a lot of the younger skaters it's it's, it's very limiting i mean the the support is there for the jumps and for the landings but you know i, I don't know if it's because the boot itself is so much stiffer, if it's going to, I guess, I don't want to say weaken their muscles, but I guess take a little bit away from the strength that they are required to have in order to do some of these things themselves. So I, I think it's, you know, I don't know. It, it's, it's, like I said, that's my wife. I mean, she, she's a leather boot person. Yeah. And she just rails on the composites because those are like I, I always, too I always was too. I mean, I always wore a boot company called Harlick uh, out of San Francisco. And, and, um, you know, I changed years later to one of the composites and it's more of a moldable plastic that they use. Um, it's called Graph is the name of the company that makes them out of Switzerland. And, um, you know, I, I, the, the lightness of that boot is, amazing and that the plastic molds pretty well and it it, it can kind of work with you more similar to I what a leather boot would do um but now they're doing you know these idea boots and other other brands that are just much stiffer um you know i mean the the concept is that the tongue is supposed to flex a little bit more to give you more spring but i you know i don't know it's, it's, it's definitely that that technology has really changed now is that always uh, is that just chasing the bigger jumps you know, and getting it, to the quads it, faster. It, yeah, I mean, it is, and and you know, like the pitch, like they even like the angle of your foot in the boot has changed a lot more. Oh, wow. Like I put on a brand new pair of somebody else's skates, and I felt like I was going to fall on my face because the <laughs> it's different than what my boots feel yeah. like. 
So, you know, just the pitch of the foot, and I guess it puts you more on the ball of the foot to get more spring. I, you know, I, I don't know, but, you know, I think that's kind of their concept. But it, it, to me, okay. it just feels like skating across the ice and gliding across the ice is more difficult. And, and, and since you're a golfer, I didn't know that. So I'll, I'll ask you like this. I got to be a, a pretty good golfer. And and so when I'd go out with my friends, they'd be like, oh, my club, I need new clubs. And I'd say, let me see your club. And I'd hit it. And i go, that's not the club. <laughs> you know? And then, and then they were like, oh, yeah, I sure it is. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, oh, I can't hit my three wood. It's not good. It, you know, I, I hit it and they'd be like, oh. Yep. <laughs> is, that exactly. kind of, is that similar to, I mean, like, obviously, like if, if I hit blades and I'm, and I'm used to a cavity back, you know, it, it's different. Like I'm off, you know, I'll be off. I won't be right. as accurate, but I mean, I right. can still stroke a, a seven iron pretty well. Yeah. Is yeah. that, is that the same way with, with skates? Like it, in, it is. I mean, you, 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 you know, you think of if you picked up a persimmon wood compared to <laughs> yeah. now, it's going to feel very different, you know? And I mean, that's what a leather skate would feel like compared to these composite boots nowadays. So it's, it's it is very different. But again, if you're, I mean, if you're a good skater and, and you get, you can put on anything for the most part and still be able and to make do it this work. Stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I gotcha. Have you, have you played strawberry farms? Uh, I did years ago. I haven't played it recently, but I have, I did years ago. Okay. Um, but, uh, I play over at Oak Creek once in a while. And you have to, you, I don't get out much. <laughs> uh, yeah. You, you have kids in school, school age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kids and kids on the ice. And so it's, yeah, keeping me busy. Oh, I guess that's uh, the good part of it. You know, oh, yeah. You brought up the Walkman, which I haven't in, in ninety episodes. I haven't brought up a Walkman, so I appreciate that. What, what was your carrying, carrying all the tapes, the big cassette case, and the whole? Because I mean, we played for our our, our music, our, our routines we skated to. I mean, it was on tape, right? So yeah, yeah. we bring our tapes with us. So you know, and, and if you want to listen to any other music, you had to make a mixtape, if, if you will. You know, <laughs> yeah. Or, but you had to make a mixtape and you put all your favorite songs on it and you have to play it on the, you know, like you say, carry extra batteries, make sure it didn't die. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So it was much more cumbersome back then. Well, I remember, you know, like my daughter's like, how do you know the song so well? You know, cause you know, this is a 35 year old, 40 year old song. I go, because I had to listen to it. Cause that was the one tape I brought with me. Right. So right. I listened to that song eight times. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And they're like, and you take it out and turn it over, and right. Yeah, and you listen to the entire album, not just a song. Yeah. Right, right. You just flip through all the different songs for all the different artists, and yeah, that was. And mixtape, mixtape was huge. Oh yeah, that, that was, was like big. you were you were balling. Yeah. <laughs> now I've got you know two thousand twenty five hundred songs, and I can access at any given time, and yeah, find my Spotify channel. Right, right. That's just, that's just crazy. But when you traveled, what, I was going to ask, how, how did you fill up your time? Was it was it resting? Was it sleeping? Was it reading? I mean, obviously, when you're school, maybe doing some schoolwork. Yeah. How, yeah, did, how was, did you fill up your time? You bring your books. You bring your schoolwork with you when you're on the road. Uh, you know, you've got to go to a competition or something like that. But, you know, even after, oh, God. And, and again, it's technologically such a vast range of when I was traveling at young age and when I traveled as I was touring, 
um, you know, the different things that you, you had to bring or you brought with you. I mean, I, I was never a, a, a big reader. You know, I didn't read a lot of books. I mean, here and there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was in the cars, so car magazines were a big thing for me. Uh, you know, but, um, yeah, schoolwork was a big deal. And then obviously, you know, music and listening to tapes and, uh, you know, just a lot of, a lot of, a lot of what I tried to do. I mean, obviously when you're sitting on a plane for hours and hours and hours, you know, you're doing your schoolwork, you listen to whatever music you want to listen to, trying to sleep because airplane seats are always so comfortable for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, it, you know, later on, it, it's great. Because, I mean, like I say, you bring your iPad or your phone and watching movies all the time and, you know, catching up on, I remember going to uh, Japan um, one time and uh, for some shows. And uh, I didn't sleep really well most of the time on airplanes. Okay. But, so I got I got kind of hung up when the, the new TV series that, well, back then it was new, but uh, 24 was a big thing. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, had missed a few, I had missed a few seasons of it and somebody told me about it. And I'm like, okay, well I'll download these seasons, and watch it on the plane. Well, that was a, a great thing and a nightmare at the same time because every episode I just couldn't stop. Like you get to the end and the cliffhanger and you're like, oh, I got to watch the next, next episode. One, yeah. and, it's, and it was great on the airplane, you know, 14 hours on a plane, you just keep cranking through them. Uh, but once I got there, it was difficult to adjust to the time change because I just kept going. I was like, oh, I got to watch, oh, gotcha. watch the next one. I got to watch the next one. I got to watch the next one. So, but, uh, you got you there know, and all of a sudden it's two in the morning or something. Oh yeah. Well, it, and at that point you, you had no idea what time it is because your clock's all over the place. And that, that was one of the things I probably struggled with the most traveling both to Europe or to, to Asia, uh, time change, like I've, the I've, jet. I've heard more people say it's it's worse going to Japan versus going to uh, Europe. Yeah, going to Europe was a little bit easier. Um, and, you know, being in Detroit, I was a little bit oh, yeah, time in, yeah. closer there. So it was it was a little bit easier getting adjusted that way. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Japan was always, always difficult. Like, I just, I, I, I could have been there. I mean, I was, I did the Olympics in 98 in Nagano. And... We were there for about three weeks, and I don't think I really ever fully adjusted in that entire time. <laughs> it just it took takes me a long time to, to really adjust uh, to that, and it's just yeah, it, and that I, I would probably say that is I would nah, the most difficult thing about travel for me personally. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, in your in your travels, was that something for you that was not difficult or you, you travel internationally that much or no, but, uh, for me, it, it's, I, I still have a hard time sleeping in, in, in new beds and like, yeah, I, whenever we open up a new store, like, and we open up a store in Chattanooga and I flew into Nashville, which is Midwest time. But yep. when you drive to Chattanooga, you cross the, the date line or the, the, from Midwest mountain time to, to Easter. So yeah. I lost an hour there and it was the day of the time change. Okay. <laughs> nice. So it was a four hour swing. And, and then I had to remember to, that my flight leaving Nashville, I had to, you know, I had to go back an hour, you know, you're always oh. doing the, the backward stuff. And then, you know, even like I go to Denver four times a year for, for a corporate office meeting. And,
and that's only an hour. And it's not it's not that or two uh, is it two hours? But it still messes me up because like it'll be midnight there and I'm like, it's ten o'clock. Like Yeah. You know, and then I gotta wake up at seven, which is five AM. So Right. It messes me up too. I, I'm terrible with it. I haven't figured yeah. it out yet. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'm, yeah, well, I'm so I'm so tired of hearing about Japan. We my wife and I booked our first trip ever to Japan uh for April seventeenth. Oh. Oops. Oops. Yeah. But Oops. No, my last three guests, including you, have all oh yeah, Japan this, Japan that. I'm like, oh you're sorry. <laughs> well, it went when and it, it depending on when you, you get to go, it, yeah. it's great. <laughs> Yeah. Were you guys going to be there for a long time or? Uh, eight day, eight or uh, nine days, I guess. Yeah. So that's you're awesome. you're going to do five days, five days in Tokyo and then, um, take the bullet train down to Kyoto for uh, a couple more days. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's great. There's some beautiful, uh, temples and different things down in Kyoto. Uh, yeah. And that's where oh, the, uh, the geishas are. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's, it's a really, it's a, it's a, the people are fantastic. And, you know, they're super nice, just awesome, awesome, not just for what we do in skating and fans, but just helping people out and trying to accommodate anything and everything you need and help you out with whatever you need. Uh, All all my business travelers have said that that about Japan. All of them are like, yeah, the people in Japan are are terrific for for tourists and and guests. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. We'd we'd love to go. I mean, with the kids, and I mean, they've never been. My wife is uh, half Japanese, so her her mom uh, is Japanese, so it's uh, she she's always wanted to go and kind oh, of see cool. it. She's not she's not a big fan of traveling that far, so I don't know how the plane ride will work. But uh, tell me about but, it. Yeah. My, my wife's the same boat. Like yeah, flying for me is not. I don't care. It doesn't. I mean, whatever. Yeah, but Get on uh, and sit. my wife figured out. She's like. We're gonna to have to get some drinks in me before I can sit on the plane for ten hours straight. We, and I had to book a direct flight. Uh, yeah, but we, we we had a cheaper flight, but it, it took you into Beijing. Oh wow! You know, we booked this in December, and yeah, right. And but so we looked at. I looked up a flight, and because for me, I don't care. I mean, just whatever. She and she like, hold on, that's like an eighteen hour flight now. You know, because of the layover and everything in Beijing. She goes, I'm not doing that. Right. Can't do it. <laughs> she was a train wreck going to Hawaii, and that's a six-hour flight. So, yeah, we'll see. That's that's where, see, my wife would rather stop in Hawaii. That's what she way. wanted to do. And then, yeah, because you get, you know, it's, it's not that long a trip, but it's whatever, and then it's the next, kind of the halfway, if you will. It's not really, but. It's pretty close. That's the concept, anyway, of the halfway point. So, at least I don't have to be in a plane as long, I mean, rather, I'd rather get on it and sit there and go. That's get there in one shot. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I had, to, I had to upgrade to the business economy or whatever. Yeah. So we got bigger seats and all that. So we were all set, Although, man. Traveling, traveling to Japan, traveling that far, being in, in a business class or business economy, huge difference. Yeah. When you're, you're back in the back and you're wedged in there, no matter if you're on an aisle seat or not, it's still tight makes a huge difference when you're 14 hours in that. No, we were set, man. We had, we had the, 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 the front row of the business economy. So we had the extra leg room. Uh, it's only two seats in the aisle. So it's just me and her, you know, I had the window seat and she was on the aisle seat cause that's what she likes. And you know, Perfect. yeah, yeah, it's all, all done. 
Well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, you get, hopefully, you get to take that trip at some point. Well, we wanted to, you know, because the Olympics are this were, were supposed to be this summer. I don't know if they're still going. It's up in the air, but we wanted to yeah. get there before the Olympics, and um, and before the rain yes. and all that. So I was, there's actually, yeah, there's actually a lot of a lot of skaters that are thinking, well, that were thinking about coming here uh, to this area from Japan uh, during the Olympics because a lot of their rinks are shut down. Oh, wow. Uh, for travel and logistics and different things. And some of the rinks they're using for other things. And sure. So they're, they're getting kind of uprooted. So they were thinking, well, we'll go somewhere. California is the closest place to get to from, you know, for, from where they are. Skate, yeah. We're thinking about coming over here and, and all that. But, you know, who knows again, what's happening now, if the Olympics are still happening, if they're getting delayed or if they're, who well, knows? Yeah. You know, it, because I've talked to a couple of Olympians, uh, a synchronized swimmer and, and some others, beach volleyball players and, and a BMX rider, the gold medalist, Connor Fields. And yeah. uh, he just qualified. He became national champion again. And this was going to be his third Olympics. And it was going to be his his uh, farewell tour, whatever, last event was going to be this Olympics. Wow. He was going to retire after this Olympics. And now he's like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. It's it's interesting. You know, you look at, I mean, our the figure skating, the world championships were just canceled. Yeah. They were supposed to be this week. Uh, so like, um, and actually, I was supposed to be there. It was in Montreal, and uh, it it was supposed to be this week, and it's it obviously was canceled. And they were thinking about postponing it till the fall, and then they're like, ah, we're just going to cancel it. So I mean, those kids work all year, and oh, yeah. you know, build up to that moment, and there it is, gone for the for the whole year. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, mean, that's the yeah. You know what it's like. I mean, imagine two or three months before your last Olympics, and you're just going, yeah, no, nope. yeah. I mean, I, I mean, especially, I mean, the world championship is one thing because obviously it happens every year, but yeah. Uh, but for the Olympics, I mean, when you when when it gets if it gets canceled, it's another four years for those guys. And I mean, for a lot of them, it was it. again for for him, it was going to be his last one. So to think, uh, should I wait another four years and try and stick it out to do it again or, you know, move on or whatever. I mean, there's some people that are kind of on the fence about that, and especially some athletes, depending on what their age is and their sport. I mean, they might've been at a, a later, you know, age range for, for what they were going to do. And it was going to be their last time to do it because four years is going to take them too far in. And, you know, they just don't physically think they can get that far and, and, sustain what they need to to be competitive but uh, to have that gone stuff well as you know i mean four years in the athletic world is a long time at that oh, level yeah. i mean i mean it, it it's funny because it, it seems like it goes by pretty quick but for physically for your body yeah it's you know and, and i mean i look at it from a figure skating perspective what these guys are doing now you know and, and with all the quads that they're throwing all over the place i mean to to try and sustain that year in year out for four straight years between Olympics. I mean, that's a lot of pounding, a lot of stress on the body. I mean, it's a I, lot, it, lot of potential hip replacements. Well, unfortunately I had one of those myself. So I know, <laughs> I know, what, that, know what that's all about, but uh, yeah, I mean, it really is. I mean, it's, it's, it's a kind of a pretty wild time. Yeah. I wonder what they're going to do. I don't know. I don't know. 
Well, hey, so what, what I, man, I, I so appreciate the time. Uh, what's the, the best way for, for my listeners and fans to, to follow you or see what you got going on? Um, well, I mean, if they want, they can come on down to the rink here <laughs> in Orange County. Uh, but, um, no, I'm on Twitter, Instagram. Just, you can look me up on my name at Todd Eldridge, um, in both. And, uh, I've got a Facebook fan page out there. And, um, I actually just <laughs> right before this whole coronavirus thing started, just connected with, uh, Airbnb. They're doing a thing with Olympic athletes for doing experiences because that's like a new thing for Airbnb to be doing all these experiences. So I, I just partnered up with them to offer an experience down here at the rink, come out and skate with me and have lunch and do this whole thing. And it literally just got published and put out on their website. I think a, a day or two before everything started shutting oh down. My God. So, so I haven't, I haven't done anything yet with it, <laughs> but at some point, <laughs> I will, and it'll be kind of a fun, fun little so endeavor to. Do I? Do you have to stay at in an Airbnb down there to do this, or can you just? No, you can just book it as a as kind of an experience. An They're event. doing a lot. Of, it's not like it's not necessarily like you have to stay in the area. You can be local, and and it's a, you know it's different things that they're offering, and they're they're starting to partner up with the uh, Olympic Committee and and do this with different Olympians around the world. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, I, I kind of want to do it with some of the other Olympians and, you know, exactly. kind of, see what that's like. I like to go skiing with Lindsey Vaughn or go do this with this person or go, you know, any of that kind of stuff. It'd be pretty cool. Uh, Man, I'm with you on that. That's uh, my wife's, uh, when I told her where you're, cause she's like, he's, she was like, Oh, where's he living now in Detroit still? Or, you know, and I go, no, he's in Irvine. And she's like, what? And she goes, <laughs> we'll have to go down and skate. And I'm like, all right. Yeah, well, when the rink opens back up, yeah, come on down. Yeah, we, we we've been roller skating a lot. Yeah, not rollerblading, yeah. roller skating. So. Oh yeah, oh the, the the quad wheels, huh? Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's it's been a blast. I I haven't I, I hadn't been on roller skates in forty years, so yeah. I was gonna say I haven't I haven't been on roller skates in a very long time. Yeah, uh, roller blades. I do that once in a while back and forth to the rink, but uh, roller skates, yikes. I don't know. So I, and I read that, that you're a vegan athlete. Yeah. My, my wife has always been a very healthy eater. Uh, and, uh, she's kind of converted myself and actually our whole family, uh, a bit to, to be healthier and sure. a little, a little bit better with, with what we're, we're putting in our, in our bodies. Um, I kind of wish I had done it earlier. That's what I was going to ask you. <laughs> Cause I'm in the same boat. I'm more plant-based. I'm not a, a, a vegan, um, yeah. but definitely more plant-based and, and very much it's, more it's, aware of what I eat. Yeah. I mean, it's really become a lot more popular. I mean, there's a lot more alternatives, you know, for like with plant-based foods and, and different things that, uh, you know, that are available, you know, and, and I mean, Absolutely. they're just more, weren't a lot of things. I mean, California is, is a little bit more unique in that. I mean, when I lived in Detroit, that wasn't as, as big a thing, but still isn't. Um, <laughs> it probably still isn't. Yeah, not in Detroit, but, uh, not in the Midwest. Yeah, it's definitely become uh, a, a much easier way of of living. Yeah, and, uh, you know, just energy wise in my body, uh, it, it feels so much better. Um, you know, I, I wish I had done it when I was competing, and who knows what uh, what I would have felt like. But 
Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Is that something you talk to your kids about as far as, not not so much, you know, be a vegan, but, uh, you know, diet? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, they'll be like, oh, I'm going to Starbucks to get this whatever drink it is that, you know, has all kinds of stuff in it. uh, Or I'm going here, I'm going to have, you know, Cheetos or, or, you know, whoever, whatever it might be. Uh, You know, I'm like, well, try, try this or do, you know, if you guys want to have, you know, be fit and be in great shape and be able to, you know, and I, I tell them, I say, look, you know, I feel so much better now than I did at certain times in my career that, you know, I wish I had done it. Yeah. And, you know, just, it, it's more of that kind of free information. You do with it as you choose, but, uh, you know, I definitely encourage them to, to really eat, eat as healthy as possible because they're, and, and it's that whole myth of, you know, I need to eat lots of meat. I need to eat lots of this in order to have protein and all that stuff. Well, and I, it's funny. I don't know if you've seen that movie, uh, The Game Changer, uh, yeah. but uh, it, I mean, it's a great, great film. And you know, they talk about. I mean, where does the protein and the meat come from? The plants that the the animals eat. So, you know, why why skip the skip the meat and just eat the plant itself, right? I, so yeah. It, see, I yeah. have the same talk, and, and it was so interesting because when I talked to you, I mean, geez, I mean, I don't know about you. In the '80s, we didn't talk about food. Eat more. That's what my coach just yeah. said. Eat more. <laughs> You know, yeah, more eggs, more, yeah. more this, more that, drink milk, you know, all Just that stuff. eat more. You know, yeah. Like, all right. And, but I played yep. football and I wrestled, so it was like, you know, one coach is telling me to cut weight and the other one's telling me to gain weight. And <laughs> Yeah, you were on both sides of it there. Yeah, the wrestling coach was like, oh, you need to cut more weight, and I, you know, until I pass out. And anyways, but, you know, that's the 80s. And now I look at it and go, man, what a, what a, what a, plethora of information there is out on diet now you know i mean well, you can yeah. just google you can youtube about food and protein and synthesis right well i mean that's the thing you talk about you know technology i mean everything's at your fingertips with you know search it on google right yeah uh you know and look this up and look that up and you can find a zillion different things about everything and of course people on both sides of it saying well you should do this and you should do that and you just kind of you know siphon through the, the information yourself and go well okay this makes sense you know, and, and, you know, it's one of those, you, you try it, you know, and, and that's what I usually encourage my kids, you know, just try it, see what you think, try it for a couple of weeks, see if you, if it works for you and how you feel, you know, cause you gotta give it a little bit of time, but, uh, you know, and, and I've, I've had a few of them come back and say, Oh, you know, this stuff doesn't taste too bad. They think it tastes pretty good. You know, okay. yeah. I didn't think it could taste that good. And I'm like, just cause it's vegan, just cause it has that word doesn't mean that it's has to taste bad. That's why, that's why they, I think they came out with plant-based because there was such a right. ne- negative connotation with vegetarian and vegan. Right. And you say right. plant-based and you're like, oh, well, that's hip. That's cool. Whatever. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm the same way. I, I have a friend I work with. He's 26 or yeah, he's turned 27. And his dad just had had health issues, heart issues. And yeah. I, t- I had talked about plant-based before and he's like, you know, he's 25, 26 year old. He's like, yeah, whatever. You know, which is what I would have done. Right. And uh, his, his dad uh, had some heart issues, and he goes, um, I go, so how's your dad doing? He goes, he's going good. And he goes, you were right. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, the doctor told him to go to plant-based. <laughs> yep. And I go, yeah. I go, you know, you don't have to do it after you have a heart heart issue. You can do it before. <laughs> right. It's better to do it before, then you don't have to worry about the heart yeah, issue. Yeah, and, and he's like, he goes, dude, you're, everything you said is exactly what the, the doctor told him. Yeah. He goes, I was in the room. He goes, I couldn't believe it. 
Yeah, uh, and and that's the thing too. Like you talk about, I mean, there's so much information. There's, I mean, there's so many documentaries and so many things about the food that we eat and where it comes from and how it's a how it's treated. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and how the animals are treated. That whatever, all that stuff. And just that concept is all other thing. But uh, you know, just what's in the food and what you're putting in your body and. You know, I mean, there's one of my students, it's funny to talk about the food thing, but one of my students was having, I don't know what protein bar or some kind of energy thing. And one of the ingredients was propylene glycol. And I was like, do you guys know what that is? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's something, whatever. I said, well, you know, in the ring, the, the liquid that they put in the pipe that runs through the pipe to keep the floor cold enough is propylene glycol. <laughs> I said, you're putting that in your body. And they're like, what? They just didn't understand it. They didn't get it. I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's, that's what's running through there. There's, you know, now it's running through your veins. I mean, not, not necessarily good. And they're like, Oh wow. I didn't know that. You know, so I'm like, yeah, just look it up. You know, I, I, always, it up. <laughs> I always tell people, I go, I go, yeah, I watch, um, forks over knives. Yep. And I always tell people, I go, you can't unsee it. Right. No matter what right. you do, whatever your beliefs are, Keep eating meat, do whatever, but you can't unsee that. Right. And you can't unsee Yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many, I mean, there's so many different ones. Like I said, the Game Changers yeah. that just came out, um, Forks Over Knives is a great one. What you the know, Health. Food, what the Health, that's amazing. I mean, everybody should watch those. Everybody should watch those just to see them, again, because like you say, you can't unsee it. It's just, now you, now you, it makes you think, hang on a minute, maybe I'll just do a little bit more research myself and yep. see what it's all about. You know, I yeah. mean, there's always going to be naysayers that say, ah, whatever. Well, I always but, tell people, I go, look, I go, better's better. Right. You know, so if, if you're eating 27 meals a week of, of meat-based products, and now you eat 18, your better's better. That's nine less meals that you ate that, you know, that you're right. going to clog your heart and do everything else and your, your gut and everything else. Yep. So yep. If, you, if you don't want to switch all the way over, just better's better. Yeah, so. yeah, that's fine. Yeah, very cool. Well, hey, sorry, I, I got off the tangent because I just saw it. I'm like, oh, I wanted to bring that up. Yeah, I think it's really important for kids. My daughters um, played lacrosse in high school, and I'd never played lacrosse in my life, so I was a, a pure spectator. But she went to a tournament when she was in high school, my youngest one, and she ate instead of eating the donuts and, and the, the Gatorades and the sodas and all that at their break in between games. She goes, I just I ate water and some fruit. And she, right. she said it was the best tournament she ever had in her life. Yeah. And she goes, right. and it literally changed the way she ate for, you know, 10 years yeah, later, she's it, still eating good. That's kind of the, the thing about it too, is, is when, when kids will, especially kids, you know, cause yeah. they don't, they, a lot of them don't know. I mean, a lot of them, here's my, my parents gave me this, whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, this, somebody else was eating this, so I should eat it, yep. you know, whatever. Um, but you, you kind of just give them that, little idea to think about it and try something different, try a different thing. And it's like, Oh, hang on. Yeah, I do feel a little bit better, you know? And you know, you compound that not just one time or two times over the course of every day, how much better you feel just on a regular basis, how much quicker you recover, how much, you know, especially as athletes. I mean, that's, that's a big thing. I mean, there's, um, I don't know if you know, uh, there's a, uh, Olympic cyclist that lives in this area too. Her name's Dotsie Bausch. Um, she has a. Oh, I do know uh, that name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's 
she's doing um, an initiative, it's a thing called uh, Switch for Good. And it's all about uh, going away from dairy and ditching dairy. Yeah. They have a whole thing about that. And, you know, the idea that, you know, dairy is very um, inflammatory to your body. That's ridiculous. And, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and everybody, of course, back in the day, oh, drink more milk. You know, you got to drink milk. All this stuff, healthy bones and this, that, and the other thing. Well, you know, and that's what you believe when you're a kid because that's what mom said to do. And, so you, and she was told you know, by, by everybody else that that's what you're supposed to do. Right, exactly. So you, you think about it and then you, then you see all these things and you watch these movies that we talked about. And, yeah. You know, the concept that, hang on a minute, this is, wait, it's doing this to my body and that's not really good for me? And, huh. And then you try going away from it and you get away from it and you feel better and because your body's not, you know, inflamed all the time and it's not creating all kinds of, you know, negative, negative feelings. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, food, I mean, what's, you know, it's anything you put, you put water in the gas tank of your car, it's not going to go far. Uh, yeah. You got to put the in it to make it work right. I, so. I, when I, when I got done watching the movies, I literally, my dad had some health issues and that's what I guess got me started on it. And, you know, and then you start seeing, oh, you know, the, the block arteries that he had is completely reversible if you eat better. You know, it'll start, your body will start repairing itself. Right. Well, that's, and that's, I mean, that's really the biggest thing of it all. I mean, when you look at it, you think, uh, you know, food is going to change what's going on inside my body that much that I'm going to be much healthier. Now, it's going to fight off diseases better. It's going to do all this stuff that is going to benefit me in the future and, and the longevity of my life you know, to be around, you know, like say my, my dad had a heart issue years ago too. And I mean, they've always been meat and potatoes and, yep. you know, milk a whole bit yep. and, you know, get them to try and change and, and at least change his way of, of eating with his doctors and whatever else, you know? And, and, uh, you know, so I look at that and I go, well, yeah, I'm going to do it too. I'm going to do it before my way. I have the issue. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, well, that's a, I, so when I got done watching a movie, I went to my wife and I go, I'm just pissed off. You yeah, know, it's like you know, I'm not mad at my parents, but I'm like, we got lied to. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, flat out. You know, the dairy council and everybody else just flat out lied to us to make more money, and right. and, and help the farmers out and this and that. And it's like, and it, you know, and if I choose to drink milk now, that at least I know. Right. Right. Well, that's just but, it. You know, but don't tell me it's a staple of my diet, and then and then I find out it's not really. Right. It's it's not good for you. And the only reason that they're pushing is because, you know, the financial side money, of it money. is, some, yeah, somebody's getting a benefit somewhere from pushing that product on, on everybody. So it's, and then you start seeing the cheese and, you know, you, you start telling, I, I told my daughters, I go, they were, God, I want to say they were probably in college when I, when I really started getting involved. And, uh, I'm like, I go, I want to apologize, but I didn't know what I didn't know. And I'm telling you now, just, just do your research. Don't wait 30 years like I had to. And I go, make your own decisions. I don't care what you do, but yeah. here's where it's at. Yeah, it's a, it's, it, I mean, food is really a, a pretty interesting thing. We, uh, my my stepson, my, our oldest, 15, and um, he's got a lot of allergies and different things. And we didn't sure. know to early on to begin with what, what it was or what any of it was. And uh, so we had him tested for different allergies and mold and different things or whatever. But one one of the biggest ones, uh, things that he was allergic to was corn. Oh, and there's 
Exactly. <laughs> Going to the grocery store is a nightmare. <laughs> every ingredient on every product. It's corn-based. Um, corn corn and everything. Yeah, fructose, everything. Just Yeah. I mean, anything that ends in oats and, you know, uh, you know, all of those things. I mean, just the corn. And, I mean, after changing his diet to go away from anything that came from a corn product, uh, huge difference. Yeah. Lost weight. And, you know, was, wasn't always runny nose and sick and not feeling great, feeling sluggish. I mean, just very, very different. So it, it, it kind of got, and that's what kind of kickstarted us and myself personally on it was, you know, what, what have I been eating? Yeah. yeah. I shouldn't be, you know, what, what, what's my body saying? I don't like this. Um, you shouldn't be feeding to me, but you are. So I'm going to make you sick. So like I yeah. said, if, if, if I'm going to eat sugar, which I do. I, I mean, sugar is my is my my Achilles heel. But at least I know now what it does to my body, how I'm intaking right. it, how much I'm intaking. You know, I mean, just, well, and where you're getting me. it from. Yeah, right. Just tell me. You know, don't 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 yeah. don't tell me. Oh, Fruit Loops is good for you. Yeah. With with, <laughs> with a, a, a cup and a half of milk, you're you're getting your. It's like, oh my god. There's no fruit yeah. <laughs> at all in it, and right. <laughs> And the milk's not good for you to begin with, so it's like a double whammy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I grew up on that. I mean, that was, you know. Right. Oh, yeah. I was the same way. <laughs> That's what I said. Great. It's like, can you imagine now? I mean, I don't know. What what, what kind of athlete we could have been, not knowing right. what we know now. Yeah, well, I look at a lot of these, I mean, these skaters now, I mean, with what they're doing, you know, and different athletes, how they're pushing the envelope in, in every sport, for the ma- that matter. Sure. And. You know, I mean, just the information that they have of food and, and you know, the training tools and, and so on and so forth. But, you know, the science behind all of it, uh, you know, not just from athletically what they're doing, but from, you know, Physiology. dietary uh, restrictions. I mean, the different things that they, they know, you know, they, they can create a better body for what sport, whatever activity they need to be using it for and, and be much better athletes for it. Totally agree. Totally agree. Well, I, sorry, sorry, I got off of that tangent, but I, I really appreciate it. <laughs> I, because I, I, I don't like bringing it up. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where people are like, I mean, I work in the Western industry, so I mean, I work in I mean, one of one of the things we sponsor is the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. And, there you go. And and I don't. It doesn't bother me. But it seems to bother them that I don't eat a lot of meat. You know yeah. What I mean? Well, that's that's the weird part of it. It's like you know, I just choose not to. Yeah. Well, I had some friends that were they were going to boycott. I think it was what Carl's Jr. when they came out. I th- I don't I, I don't want to say the wrong restaurant. Maybe it was Burger King. Oh, one of them was coming out with a a, a, a plant based burger. Yeah, yeah. They all kind of have it now, but yeah. And they were going to boycott the restaurant because it came out with a plant based burger, and I'm like, what are, what are you talking about? What? Like literally, what are you talking about? Like, That's crazy. If I, if, I don't, if, if I don't eat onion rings, am I not going to eat there because they serve onion rings? Yeah. How how dare they offer me an alternative? Yeah. It's like <laughs> you can still get all the meat you want there, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. That's funny. Anyways, hey, I, I'll on on my website and on on my pages, I'll make sure to put. Uh, and you, you have a uh, your own website as well. Are you still using that pretty regularly? Yeah. Yep. Okay. 
I'll make yep. sure to include all the links so people can just hit a, hit hit the button and, and go over to you and maybe take awesome. a Skype lesson with you if they're not in LA. Sure, absolutely. I'm always open to that. That'd be kind of funny. We'll start abusing the technology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? That's what it's there for, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, hey, I think I caught you at a good time with what's going on, and uh, like I said, I, I really, really appreciate the extra time that we that we oh, had absolutely. to chat today. Yeah, it's great. Whenever, whenever things kind of free up and open up, if you want to come on down to the rink and skate a little bit, come on down anytime. Or maybe I'll just say hi. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let my wife uh, skate and I'll, I'll, I'll watch. I don't like the toe picks. Well, you put hockey skates on. There's no toe picks there. That's, that's what I did. I, yeah, I always did hockey hockey skates when I'd go. And this last time I went with my wife in the uh, in Long Beach at a, at a rink there, and she goes, "Try the try the you know the figure skating ones." I go, "All right." Oh my God! I fell three times. Just yeah. If you go from the hockey to figure, bad news. That toe pick's gonna get you every time. <laughs> Drilled me. I need knee pads now. So I'll yeah. stick with hockey skates. There you go. Yeah. All right, but hey, I appreciate it, and have a good rest of your day. Thank you too. All right, Todd. Thanks, buddy. All right. Yeah. Be safe. Bye bye.